0: can't see yourself working with someone for the rest of your life, don't work with them for a single day. Now, obviously, this does not apply to group projects in school and college. I know that. Hey guys, what's up and welcome back to Mental Fitness with Neha, the workout for your mind. So this is the third and final episode in which I talk about the book, The Almanac of Nawal Ravikant. I'm going to keep this video very crisp and to the point where I'm just going to bring out the key learnings that I had from the third part of the book. And without wasting any time, let's get into the video. So people who we consider smart, people who we think make good decisions are actually just people who are clear thinkers. When it comes to making big decisions, the question really is how do you deal with reality? when making decisions, how do you not let your emotion get in the way? The number one thing that clouds us from reality and from seeing things how they are is our preconceived notion of how we think things should be, how we want them to be. The hard thing is only seeing the truth and your ego often gets in the way and doesn't let you see the truth because of how you want it to be. In fact, the more you desire for something to work out, the less you see the truth. A great example of this is when you're dating someone versus when your friend is dating someone. Let's say your friend is going through a breakup or something. You can very clearly see that, you know, that person may not have been the best person for them. And it's good that they broke up. The problem is that their desire of how they want it to be or the way it should be in their heads is colliding with reality and clouding them from seeing the truth. And likewise, when it comes to your own relationship, your desire of how you want it to be clouds your reality and you can't see the way it is. So what's the way out of this? When something isn't going well, you acknowledge it in public. Like let's say your business isn't going well, your podcast isn't going well, you acknowledge in public. That way you don't delude yourself from reality and you can actually do something to change. Another thing you can do is create empty space and time to think for yourself. When you're not in a meeting, when you're not at work, when you're not doing something, it's very important to make time to think. Essentially, you need to shed your identity to see the truth. So the most important thing when it comes to making a decision is it's not whether you like it or how you want it, it's what it is and then making a decision. The next thing that you learn from this book is that happiness is a choice you make and a skill you develop. So happiness is not something you find, it's not like a quest, it's something you develop. It's like fitness. The truth is that our mind is as changeable, as malleable as the body. We spend so much time trying to change our body, we spend so much time trying to change our external environment, we spend so much time trying to change other things while accepting ourselves exactly how we are. Now, obviously, you should accept yourself as you are, but at the same time, you can also change if you really want to. So the thing is that our memories from our past, our identity about who we are from our past, prevent us from living freely. For example, if in your past you were told that You know, it's not good to talk much, you should be quiet, this, that. Then you've programmed yourself into being that way and you don't express yourself freely. And these are the things that you can break because your mind, your brain is malleable. So like fitness, like nutrition, like any skill, how do you learn it? You put your intention to getting better at it, right? So... Let's take happiness as a skill now. It's trial and error. You need to find what works for you. What is it that makes you happy? Try cooking, try working out, try meditating, try going on a drive. Personally, going on drives makes me happy. So you keep trying things until you find what makes you happy. Single most important thing about happiness is being present. Rather than just going through life, you consciously live your life. You replace your thoughtless bad habits that just keep randomly coming through your external environment with good ones and you make a commitment, an actual commitment to becoming a happier person. Another amazing thing about the book that I love is the Five Chimps Theory. Essentially, you are a combination of your habits and The five people you hang out most with. When it comes to your habits, the question to ask is, do your habits increase your long-term happiness versus do they increase your short-term happiness? For example, watching Netflix will increase your short-term happiness, but choosing to maybe work out will increase your long-term happiness. And when it comes to people, are you surrounding yourself with generally happy people or sad people? Do you admire them? Do you respect them or do you envy them? After you spend time with them, do you feel good about yourself or bad about it? Essentially, a chimp's behavior can be predicted by the 5 chimps that it hangs out with the most. So choose your 5 chimps wisely. Next, if you can't see yourself working with someone for the rest of your life, don't work with them for a single day. Now obviously this does not apply to group projects in school and college. I know that. Aside from that, as far as possible, work with people, surround yourself with people you actually want around you for a long time. Play long-term games with long-term people. Basically, when you find the right work to do and the right people to work with, invest deeply. Invest deeply in your relationships because that compound effect is what will give you the greatest returns in life. Another important thing that the book talks about is total honesty at all times. The book says that you need to be living by your values. Why would we want to be in an environment where we have to catch what we say or think about how people are thinking about us and all of that? We should be in an environment where we can 100% be ourselves. And how's that? By surrounding yourself with people whose values align with you. You don't want to be overthinking every single sentence you say, every word that comes out of your mouth when you talk to someone. In fact, Nawal Khan's rule is that someone I can't be completely honest around, I don't want to be around. All benefits in life, be it of money and wealth, be it of relationships, be it of knowledge, come in compound interest. Someone you don't want to be around for the rest of your life, don't be around them for a single day. The book also talks about how do you actually make change happen. Let's say that you tell someone, I'm going to try to do something. For example, I'm going to try to eat healthier. That's where the problem starts. When we're trying to do something, in reality, we're just buying more time. Because the truth is that when our emotions really want us to do something, when we want it badly enough, we go do it. We don't try doing it. The way you get out of this is that you commit externally to enough people. For example, let's say you want to quit sugar. You tell enough people that you've quit sugar. You probably will hesitate from doing this because most of us aren't willing to commit to something so big externally. You're not publicly hardwired to fail under your own name when you make this commitment externally. So admit to yourself that I can't fully give up sugar, I like sugar. And then you set a more reasonable goal which you will actually follow through on. For example, I will reduce the sugar that I eat. Next, choosing to grow yourself. This is one of the best things that I read in the book. That over time, you figure out what kind of environments you thrive in and then create an environment where you're statistically likely to succeed. For example, I know that I work well when people around me believe in me. So you create that environment where you're in a supportive, happy place and then you're just more likely to succeed. Nawal Ravi comes also asked what is one piece of advice that he would give to his younger self. It was be exactly who you are. Don't commit to bad relationships, bad jobs for years instead of minutes. If you know it's not your thing, if you know it's not who you are, get out. One of the biggest things that Navarra emphasizes on is value your time. And don't get me wrong, this does not mean that you can't relax. As long as you're doing what you want, you're not wasting time. But if you're not having a good time, you're not earning or you're not even learning, then what are you even doing? <laughs> so get out of situations where you know you're not happy and value your time. One very good line from the book that I thought I should mention as we come to the end of this video is impatience with actions, patience with results. If there's something that needs to be done on your end, what's the point of postponing it? Just do it at that point. Because the thing is that inspiration is perishable. So when you have the motivation in you to act, act right then and then have patience with the result. Lastly, help, love and your mission in that order nothing else matters. Basically, don't take yourself so seriously. At the end of the day, we're all just monkeys with plans. Some of us don't even have those plans. So essentially, prioritize your health, make sure you have loving relationships, and make sure you have a mission that makes you happy. And that's all that matters. That's it for this video, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Um, This book, honestly, one of the best books that I have read. Glad I came across it and I could cover it. If there's a book you want me to read and talk about, if there's a podcast guests you'd like me to bring on next please let me know in the comments below yeah thank you so much for watching guys um take care have a great day and i will see you guys next time